Podcast pals from WHYY and BillyPenn.com. It is hitting season. I'm your host, John Stolness from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, the Phillies win a series. It feels like it's been a long time, but in actuality, the Phillies have won other series this year, and they're riding the roller coaster yet again, winners of two straight after taking Saturday and Sunday's game against the Chicago Cubs, finally breaking the curse of the Cubs after losing six in a row to them last year uh, and losing the series opener on Friday. The Phillies win the series, so uh, starting off the week on the good foot. Joining me to talk about the series and some other stuff regarding your uh, Philadelphia Phillies are my good friends Justin Clue and Liz Rocher. Of course, Justin from Baseball Prospectus. Follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Clue. Justin, how was your weekend, buddy? Uh, I got to say, with the uh, the added treat of Xfinity Live uh, saying they're going to have brunch before afternoon Phillies games this season, the announcement that that will, that will be happening, uh, the first thing I wanted to say in this episode to people is, don't go to Xfinity Live. Don't, <laughs> Not for brunch. Yeah, yeah. You don't, don't, don't have do to. That. It's bad. Don't go there for a multitude of reasons. Don't go. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine brunch at Xfinity Live unless it's like some <laughs> radio station's oh, kegs God. and eggs promotion or something. I, yeah. And even that's disgusting. I mean, if you look, do whatever you want. If you want to pay what I assume is 30 to $40 for oh, yeah. a, a hamburger with an egg on it and some waffle fries. Go ahead and do that. But uh, personal recommendation, don't go to Xfinity Live. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's solid. I think you're well-founded in that. Uh, Liz Rocher from Yahoo Sports joining the show as well. Follow her on Twitter at Liz Rocher. Liz, how was your weekend? How are you? Good. The weather's lovely. Uh, You know, I got to be out on the roof today. It was perfect. That's my weekend. I watched the Phillies Phillies win some games. It was nice. So you, you were on the roof today. Were you putting in new shingles? Like, what were you doing? No, I was on the roof deck to my home. <laughs> oh. Okay. I was not doing work. <laughs> no. I didn't know if maybe tree Can fell you on your imagine? house or Sorry. something. And You've I don't met know. me. Can you imagine me doing that? Well, doing that's some, why some I asked the question, Liz. I mean, Casual masonry. She scrambles <laughs> up the side of her house like a cat and then yeah. gets up there and, and, yeah, just takes care of business, you know? I mean, I mean I'll tell you this much. I will do it if need be. Mm-hmm. I I've climbed up I onto furniture you. and cabinets to kill to kill bugs and whatnot. Like I, I will do whatever it takes to take care. Right? I believe you. I, I believe that one hundred percent. Absolutely. When yes, something but I was not needs, actually putting shingles on my roof. When something needs killing, Liz is only a chair away from getting the job done. That's a true statement. <laughs> there you go. Well, we all have our roles to play, and uh, it's good that we've. <laughs> We've got yours locked in here. and Let's um, not explore this any further. <laughs> let's not explore it any further. Let's let's talk some baseball, and let's talk about this series against the Chicago Cubs this weekend. Uh, the Phillies, like I said, winning two out of three. I heard your, uh, on episode 668, you guys asked the question. I think, Justin, you asked the, qu- the question to Liz, like, what would be the worst outcome mm. on Friday night's mm-hmm. game after what had happened in San Francisco? And, Liz, I thought your response, <laughs> a bad Ranger Suarez start and the offense not hitting, well, that gum, if that isn't exactly what happened on Friday yeah. night, I mean, to the to the letter. I had people in my mentions this weekend. I'm like, listen, it's not like I didn't make it happen. It happened 
it's it was likely to happen because they've done it before. Yeah. No, ten to one on Fridays. <laughs> Ra- Ranger Suarez. I yeah, I mean, you real. I mean, you laid it out. I mean, three hits by the offense. Yep. Ten runs on twelve hits given up by by the Phillies, and a lot of that by by he's very clearly still trying to get his feet under him. Ranger Suarez. Um, and we remember he struggled last year at the start of the season too. It took him a little while to get his to get himself going. It wasn't until the second half that he really turned into the pitcher that we remember at the end of the season. But whoa, boy, what a stinker that one was! And there's there's not even really anything to talk about because I think it's funny what you guys talked about on six sixty eight. I wanted to just kind of mention it real quick because Justin, I hadn't heard the podcast yet when I tweeted something out on Friday morning. And then I listened to the podcast like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what what I had said on Twitter. But I said it after your podcast had posted. And that was the Phillies like are a good team. I think they are full of good players who just aren't playing good. And all you can really do is wait around and, and, and see if it fixes itself. Because like you guys talked about, there's there's you're not sending Trey Turner to AAA to fix himself like you're not sending. Uh, with JT Realmuto struggles, you're not benching him for a week and a half to get his head right. Like, there's no amount of extra work in the cage these guys really can do. I mean, there might be some small things, but th- there's only so much these established veteran stars can do in order to right themselves. I mean, some of the daycare guys, maybe, but most of these guys are fully established, and it's just kind of like even the pitchers who are struggling, like Ranger Suarez. Well, you know, it's his second start back from coming off the injured list. He's still building himself up. It's not a big surprise, maybe, that he's not 100% effective. And so I just thought that was pressure on your guys' part to talk about that on Friday because, man, did that come to fruition on Friday night? It's a tragic reality that oftentimes the solution to bad baseball is more baseball. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that means more bad baseball. Oftentimes more often than not. Oftentimes (laughs) it means more bad baseball. And you know, you're you're looking for something to flip that switch. I think I think we put a lot of our eggs in the uh, bench clearing brawl in Colorado basket. Uh, and that wasn't it. And, and you know, I, I think we may go through this whole season hoping that something similar to the Joe Girardi firing uh, happens that flips this team into overdrive. And that was such an anomaly in and of itself. I don't know if we can necessarily wait for something like that to happen. I think looking back, you know, I think this team will find its stride. And after that point, I think we will look back and, and point to a moment and be like, that was it. But maybe in the moment you don't realize it. So the answer is you just kind of have to sit through a lot of baseball that isn't deeply satisfying until you get to the part where the players are, are playing the way you want them to. I mean, as John, as you pointed out statistically, uh, Trey Turner hit better in the world baseball classic and like a handful of games that he has over the course of the season so far. So like, that's a frustrating component. I think we watched him in that tournament and thought, Oh, this is the guy that's coming here. This is going to be great. And then, you know, he, he's really struggled since he came here. So I I, I feel like you you got to just be able to be patient, and that's really hard. It's hard for me. I say these things on these shows, and it's not necessarily because I'm doing them or find them easy to do. It's just that really at the end of the day, with a team like the Phillies specifically, it, it, it is really the answer. Like there there is no, you know, there might be an adjustment or a secret password that, that helps helps them along the way to, to get back into the – the groove that we know they can get in, but for the most part, you got to just play through it. And to that extent, 
we are kind of lucky that it's early in the season. So this is sort of a long-winded way, and it was on Friday too, to say <laughs> there is just more baseball left. But I'm tired of hearing that. Everyone's tired of hearing that. We're all just ready to watch this team play well. And, you know, June's right around the corner. So there's uh, every reason to think that, that they will. Yeah, the the stat that you were referencing to is something I, I noted on Twitter, that Trey Turner still has more home runs and RBIs in the World Baseball Classic than he does as a Philly. He had five home runs and 11 RBIs in six World Baseball Classic games, four home runs, 10 RBIs, one less in each category, now in 45 Phillies games. So... Uh, yeah, just, uh, and when you say things fact. like that, is it, it, is it do I immediately go to, yeah, the season's over, the team's bad, <laughs> and we honestly should just accept that the team is bad and go back into how we felt in like 16, 17, you know, we should just accept that. But, you know, we've seen what this team can do, which is largely the same team. So I think, you know, again, you got to just bite down on a wooden spoon for the first two months of the season and hope that June brings the uh, the – the success we saw it bring last year. But yeah, other than that, oh boy. <laughs> well, and to that point, Liz, I mean, the way this team fluctuated from one night to the next, and I know that this is baseball. I know that it happens in baseball, but it seems like it's happening to the Phillies a lot this year. They go from a, a 10 to one loss on Friday night where Suarez gets blitzed. They score one run on three hits. And then the next night they come out and they blow out the Cubs 12 to three and they score six in the first. Uh, they get a brilliant start from Aaron Nola, probably his best start of the season so far. Pound out 13 hits. It's a laugher the whole way. You can understand why fans are like, what team are we getting here? I mean, I there is variance night to night in baseball. I, I do get that. But with the Phillies, it seems like it's there. There have been just as many nights where they get absolutely humiliated on the diamond. And then they have nights just as similar as that where they look like the team that we saw make a run to the world series last year. And I think fans are just saying, why can't we see that second version more? It's there. It pops its head out from under the ground every once in a while. Come on out. Don't be afraid. It's it's you're not a groundhog. Let's just come out and enjoy your shadow. Can I add something real quick? (laughs) Just further context. Also, the Cubs made a bunch of roster moves before game one. So they had guys in that lineup who were like coming back from the injured list and like hadn't seen the major league baseball in a minute. And they still clobbered the Phillies who have largely all been playing the same at the same level for the entire season. So that was a fun little bit of uh, added context for that for game one where they got their butts kicked. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was just uh, now I can't remember what I was going to say. Justin. It's um, almost like cutting cutting off answers is uh, unproductive. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. Just a that. little bit. I do want to say I appreciate that your your solution for Phillies fans uh, to get through the the roller coaster season is exactly the same thing that they suggest that they uh, provided to soldiers during the Civil War, getting their limbs cut off. Like yes. just bite on bite on the leather strap. That's all we got for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's the Johnny Tremaine uh, version, uh, uh, success. Yeah, right. yeah. Revolutionary, Revolutionary War, but still, yeah, when they're digging a bullet out of you, you just, you know, you got to sit, sometimes you got to sit there and take it. But you come you out the other side a... alive, yep. you know. That's right, that's right. And all, and all that got hurt was you and a wooden spoon. All of spoon. your insides. Right, that's your right. entire stomach, but yeah. That's you right, know. But everything, else is, everything else is gravy after that. Yeah, no, uh, Aaron Nola on Saturday, seven innings, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts. He, he had been striking out. Far fewer hitters. I think it was down like six batters per nine innings he was striking out, which is he's usually a, a strikeout per inning guy and, and far below that this year. But this was very encouraging. Ten strikeouts, one walk. Uh, he looked fantastic. His his two-seamer was 
being painted throughout the game. And of course, the offense, uh, specifically uh, uh, Schwarber with the grand slam. Uh, that was that was a huge hit. I uh, had uh, Cody Clemens has played really, really well um, with some big hits. 788 OPS from him off the bench so far. And Edmundo Sosa had his first really good game in a while. He went three for four in that one. I think it was interesting, too. We've been talking a lot about Taiwan Walker, and obviously we're going to talk about him some more in just a minute because he pitched extremely well on Sunday on short rest. One of the other guys who was mentioned as kind of in the same tier as Taiwan Walker in terms of free agents was Jamison Tyon. And Tyon was lit up by the Phillies uh, in, in this game on Saturday. He didn't make it through the third inning, gave up eight runs, six of them earned on six hits, including uh, two home runs uh, uh, to, uh, to Cody Clemens and to um, uh, Kyle Schwarber. So, I mean, the road not taken is certainly Jamison Tyon would have been a worse choice. 8.10 ERA from, from Jamison Tyon so far here this season. Um, so glad well, the Phillies didn't go down that road. To yeah, be fair, sure. if he had been signed by the Phillies, he wouldn't have pitched against the Phillies today. So, right, but I think he's had other problems <laughs> I before don't, today. I... You get, you know, <laughs> it takes some work to maintain the ADERA. But your point is well taken. Now, the, here's here's the thing: if he had if he had been pitching for the Phillies, it just would have been some other set of circumstances yes. that went wrong. Right, that's is, where is he would have point. walked <laughs> walked into the for door sure. for his opening press conference, and a bucket of thumbtacks would have dropped on his head, and get, you know. Trampled on by that. a Philadelphia police horse, uh, right. you know, as he's walking him down the street, you know, something like that for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, and then in the game on Sunday uh, that uh, just wrapped up hours before we are recording, the Phillies won a pitching duel two to one. Really good, crisp game here as uh, both pitchers were on the money. And Taiwan Walker, as we mentioned, got the start on short rest because he only threw 40 pitches in his previous start. They could essentially act like that was a bullpen game and bring him back. And I know nobody was anxious for that to happen nobody was saying oh yes give me another outing of taiwan walker right now but at the end of the day it looks like rob thompson pushed the right button here on this one five and a third innings from walker no runs two hits three walks three strikeouts and finally we saw some semblance of command from the right-hander as matt gelb noted on twitter he threw first pitch strikes to his first 10 batters in this game which is what he needs to do when he's Behind in the count, he's got to come over the middle of the plate, and he gets destroyed. But when he's got his command, he can be a very effective pitcher, as we saw in the game on Sunday. And so we talked about it before a couple weeks ago when the Phillies won a pitcher's duel. It's nice to see that the offense doesn't have to get all of the hits with runners in scoring position, that they don't, that they don't have to get all of it. Sometimes you need to win a 2-1 to one ball game. And it was nice to see the Phillies be able to do that. Yes, they went one for seven with runners in scoring position here on Sunday, but the big two-run home run from Bryson Stott in the seventh inning broke the scoreless tie. And aside from a solo home run by the Cubs in the ninth inning off Craig Kimbrell, that Morrell guy is just like, what a monster he's been against the Phillies. Three home runs in this series, I think it was from him. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, so two-to-one win on Sunday. Uh, what was the more satisfying win, Liz? The game on Saturday where they blew them out or the game on Sunday where they won the pitcher's duel? That's a tough one because, like, the the game on Saturday was cathartic. The game on Sunday was, like, a legit nail-biter because we've seen them lose this before. This we've, yep. this has slipped away in recent memory. Uh, and so I found today's win a lot more satisfying because it was – it, it was a contest from start to finish. We didn't have, you know, we didn't, I didn't check out sometime in the fourth. Mm -hmm. 
No, that's that's I mean, that's that's true. And it kind of built off of what happened on Saturday. But, Justin, what do you think? I mean, there's there's something to be said. You know, you break the losing streak and you do it in a big way. Maybe that resets things. Yeah. You know, on uh, on Saturday, Schwarber's Grand Slam really felt like I, I decided to take it as a trumpeting announcement that June is near and <laughs> that we could potentially yes. see more of these home runs hit uh, by Car- Kyle Schwarber uh, at more at a more frequent pace in the weeks ahead. So like just reminding people like, hey, the part of the year where some aspects of the Phillies lineup finally kick it into gear was really nice. And, you know, it is it is nice to get your your butts kicked on Friday, then come out and dismantle the team that beat you on Saturday. There, there is something to be said about that. But as, as you uh, have both hinted at, today's victory was satisfying in its own way because you have to see that your team is capable of winning games like this. And, you know, they, they've uh, they, they've they've certainly struggled with small leads I feel like as as the season has gone on they feels like there's been a lot of like the Phillies score and then they give up some runs so to see them not have to like teeter-totter in back and forth between a team that is frankly quite beatable like the, the Cubs are, no, the are not Cubs a team very good. that should ha- should come in and absolutely own you so to see them pull pull, pull off a series win after losing game one in such a resounding fashion what was very satisfying and that came down to today so that they had to lean on their pitching, uh, and that Taiwan Walker got another shot at things after his terrible start. That Sir Anthony came in pretty early because you know he's struggled this season too. That Matt Strom got the win. That Kimbrel had to close it out. I mean, this this was I think this was a good experience for everybody. Just that the 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 bullpen got to flex its muscles. Walker got to come back and not have to wait through a full cycle through the rotation to show that he was capable of winning a game against a beatable team, uh, and that they would win a one-run game, which was, you know, at, at, yeah, it was a two-run game for a little mm-hmm. while, uh, and it was a no-run game for most of the game, and it wasn't until yeah. Morrill came up in the ninth that it was even a one-run game. So just, just to be able to hold on and win this game, I think, was a statement of sorts. And honestly, in the case of Walker, I actually really love the idea of being like, hey, look, you really you really blew it your last time out. But guess what? Because you blew it, you <laughs> threw a very small amount of pitches. So, no, you don't get a full five days off. You're going back out there because we need pitchers. This team is pitching starved, especially in its rotation. You don't get a day off today. You're going out there, and we expect you to win. And he threw over five innings of shutout ball with only two hits. I mean, you know, the walks came back, but that was something, you know, he's been up and down all season. He's a bit of a question mark at this point regardless. But just to see him come out and pitch the way he did after after uh, his disastrous last start, that, that was great. But this series as a whole was really, you know, indicative of the Phillies so far. They can win or lose a game just about any way possible. They can get blown out. They can blow a team out. They can win a pitcher's duel. They could have lost that pitcher's duel today easily. So, Whatever, whatever version of this, of whatever version of a baseball game you want to see, come on out to Citizens Bank Park, and you might just see it. <laughs> but you need to be prepared to experience literally anything. Yeah. Have no, lit- no yeah. expectations. You can't have them going in. No. Well, and I think here the, the thing that was kind of making it the two games that the Phillies won this weekend, they got great starting pitching. And we've been talking, I think we have been fixating a lot because it's an easier thing to talk about hitting with runners in scoring position. There's more players you can talk about, all the different ways, all the different circumstances that these guys are not coming through in clutch situations. But like you guys said on the previous podcast as well, they did very well with runners in scoring position last year. It's it's not a skill necessarily. It's just stuff that happens. But I think one of the things that this team 
that is really the thing that hurt this team the most. And I think no, I don't think there's anybody that would argue with this is that the starting pitching hasn't been good enough. It's one of the worst starting rotations in baseball right now, which should not be with the names that are in the starting rotation. When your starters aren't pitching well, when you as an offense don't feel good about any kind of small lead that you give them, every every opportunity you get with runners in scoring position gets magnified. And I got to believe that when this team starts getting better starting pitching, as we saw on Sunday, if you get good starting pitching and good pitching in general, you don't need to be perfect with runners in scoring position. You don't, you don't need to put all that pressure on yourself and you can start to take the pressure off and you can say to yourself, you know, we got a two to one lead, you know, um, you know, if you don't get a hit in that situation, you still feel pretty good about your, about, you know, Ranger Suarez going out there and not giving, giving the lead back up in the next half inning and getting yourself another opportunity later in the game to kind of, to, to fix that and not stressing out about it so much. And so we talk about complimentary baseball a lot. That's what that is. Complimentary baseball is your, your starting pitchers are doing their job, which makes it easier for the offense to do their job. And when the offense is doing their job, that makes it easier on the defense and the pitching. And it just, it all works together. But I think it, it all starts with the starter. When your starter comes out and he can't, he can't keep teams off the board. If he can't, can't hold a lead, you know, you get a one nothing lead. I know on Saturday, one nothing lead is not a lot, right? But you get on the board first. And then Ranger Suarez comes out and gives up four right away. Like that's deflating. What do you what do you do with that? That just it makes your job as an offense. You, you just the pressure is on. And so I think as we go along here, if the starting pitching can fix itself, which it should, I think we're gonna see a lot of these offensive problems that we're dealing with also fix themselves as the season rolls along. Am I crazy about that? I don't think so. It's a it's a fair thing to expect. Um I think the warm weather is going to have a lot to do with it. On both ends, probably. Yeah, the home you know? runs especially. Yeah, The home runs, the pitching. I think the weather is going to help everything. But in the same way that I just said it's good to have no expectations when watching the Phillies ever, it's good to not have expectations when watching any team this year. There's been a lot of weirdness, a lot of unexpected uh, scores, teams doing well, teams not doing well. I think the new rules are really having a heavy impact on things. Um all around. And so I just want to keep in mind that that could be behind anything and everything that we've seen this season that doesn't seem quite right. I know mm-hmm. that I'm sort of looking at that every time I'm like, well, this is strange. Could this be, could this be why? I mean, we're all looking for those clues, you know, we're all, we're all trying to figure out exactly. And And the question now too is like, do we have another winning streak in front of us here? Because that's the way things have gone with this team. They won four in a row, lost six, won five, lost five, won two. Justin, how long does the winning streak go here? Well, I mean, that's that's what we mean when we say, oh, oh when are the Phillies going to turn things around? When are the Phillies going to figure it out? I mean, is that not what we mean, that we're waiting for them to win 10, 12 games in a row and then kind of go back to normal and but at that point their record will be better so that if they just play 500 ball the rest of the season there's still a team that's yeah right 12 games over 500 so they probably have a pretty good chance of making buffs so like you know are we not is that what we're that's what we mean right when we say or does, do we just mean well i hope they uh, win every series because what it feels like people want is for the team to win every game And I'm not saying I haven't thought that way in previous seasons, but I feel like I've just aged into this mindset where I'm like, yeah, no, the team is (laughs) not going to win every 
time, even though that is what I want yeah. every time I watch them. So yeah, I mean the way they've had they've, the way they've played thus far is it would 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 tell us uh, that yeah they're about to win. Let's say the next four like they're I I'm thinking they're going to win the first two games of this Diamondback series and then drop the last one. That feels like on on brand for them. They win four games in a row, lose this one, but still win the series mm-hmm. so that on brand, you know, yeah yeah. If the third one is a you know stupid humiliating loss, people can say well they still won the series, and other people can say yeah but they got embarrassed in the last game. And the endless ballet that is Philly's discourse will continue. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking this they're not quite out of the woods yet. So it's going to be a lot of four to five win streaks followed by you know losing five out of six or whatever. Like I still think they're going to be doing that dance, but I really do think it's going to take until June, not June first, but until June to uh, to really work things out. That that some of these guys are going to be in their groove and and be able to perform at the level we want them to. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think they're out of the woods yet. I think that ten to twelve game winning streak is coming and. Late June, early July. That would be my guess. Mm. But that that's what we're all waiting for. But that is my prediction. Sounds like a Fair good time enough. for it. Yeah. Well, and any time's a good time for it. But yeah, especially sooner rather than later would be better. And really, this team is mirrored last year's Phillies team in so many different ways so far. But the record is is getting close to being similar. Now, I, don't, I, I don't think they're going to get to seven games under 500 like last year's team did, which would be great if they go on a run and they can stay closer to 500 when they do it. They can put themselves in a pretty nice position. But I, I think you're right. This is not... I think we see that this team's not going to win 95 games this year. I think, we, I think we've established that. You can't get off to the start you have, and unless you win 75% of your games moving forward, there's no way they can get to that kind of a number. So you're looking at a wild card, and you're you know just hoping that you can be like, like last year, 14 to 15 games over 500 by the time the end of the season rolls around, and you really need one long hot streak. You need, you need a couple of times during the course of the year where you win 8 out of 10, and then throw like an 8 or a 9 or a 10-gamer in there. And then you're good, you know, then, then you're all set. And the, 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 you need starting pitching and you need guys to get hot. And we've seen that this team can do that for sure. A um, couple other things here. One of the interesting things I think in the bullpen right now is it sure looks like Craig Kimbrell is this team's closer. And that would have sent shivers down my spine because he has struggled in recent seasons as the closer for different teams. But I don't know what he's doing, but he's throwing 97 miles an hour again, and he's got the nasty slider. And aside from the home run, which was just a good piece of hitting, I think, for Morrell in the ninth inning, he's looked really dominant over these uh, last couple of months. Uh, after, a, after a rough start to the season, a couple of weeks, he's, he's really turned it on, and he got saved number 399 on Sunday. Liz, what's your confidence level in Craig Kimbrell right now? It's got to be pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty thrilled to see that he's doing well. Um, I still white knuckled my way through his uh, through his his uh, outing today. Definitely still. Uh, I I in general, I personally have a hard time trusting closers, and so I'm not the best barometer. I trust him more than I did, though the the home run he gave up in the ninth was quite the heart stopper. It did. It was. You get it to one run, and then you realize, okay, one mistake. I can imagine. You know, it's funny. The difference between a playoff game and a game in mid-May, like that home run has us on the ceiling. You know? It's like you got to close out that game. That, he gives up a home run there. You're like, you're, you're flipping out. Whereas in May, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not good. I hope they pull this out. <laughs> it's just the difference in intensity level uh, in, those two, in those two situations. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, 
So um, another question here, Justin, uh, we're hearing Derek Hall is going to be ready to come back to the team in June. Now, I, I'm kind of, we've been talking about Bryce Harper playing first base quite a bit, as if Derek Hall was killed in some kind of awful random <laughs> car accident and, you know, left for dead somewhere. Like, he's coming back. This is, I, this is my question. Okay. This, this is, is this is your question. And sure. the question is, who killed Derek Hall and, <sighs> and why? No, I'm. I, no, what do they what do they do here? If Derek Hall's ready to. I mean, I think it's still going to be another few weeks before Bryce is ready to play first. But um, I guess I wonder, like, could Derek Hall wreck those plans by playing well, or do you think that when when Bryce can play first, he's going to play first? Well, I mean, that's the, the kind of the question here. I don't know if we have a clear idea from the organization uh, whether or not Bryce playing first is the plan. And if it was, then you know, Derek Hall coming back wouldn't be a huge deal. I guess it's the difference between is the organization getting ready for Bryce Harper to be the first baseman or are they getting ready for Bryce Harper to play first base? It would be valuable for him to have that in his skill set, uh, especially, you know, this season where the Phillies lost their first baseman for the entire season. Uh, just having someone else who should be in the lineup being able to play that position is is smart. But Derek Hall's injury wasn't a season-ending one, unlike Reese Hoskins. So he was always going to be available again during the regular season. Uh, and I think they at least, you know, they're they're at least going to have him there. You know, he's going to come back and he's going to rehab. And I think, like you said, I think we're still a little ways away from that. But uh, having more depth is only going to help this team. That was one of their strengths coming into this season was that uh, we were saying, oh, they, they have this depth. They have all these different threats. They have all these different, uh, they, they have, they have a, a solid rotation. And then the season started and luck didn't go their way in a couple of ways. So that depth kind of got rocked a little bit and they entered the season without one of the strengths. I think we were, we were looking forward to uh, being able to lean on. Uh, Derek Hall coming back kind of inflates that strength a little more and, and brings a little more life back into it. I think he, yeah, it would be great once he is ready to see him at first base and have that not be something that's got a way on Bryce Harper's mind. But, you know, I think this stuff, and then I think Bryce Harper's just not like that though. Is it even a weight on his mind to be able to do that? Or is it just a skill set that he absorbs and just has now where he, he doesn't really have to worry about it. It's just like, oh yeah, we got you a first base mitt and that's where first base is. And he's like, right, got it. And now he's a first baseman. So, you know, I don't want to make the first base sound easy because it's not or learning a new position sound easy because it's not. But Bryce Harper just seems capable of anything on a baseball diamond. So I have to keep that keep that as part of the uh, the projections here. Uh, but yeah, Derek Hall is a valuable player. He came up last year. Uh, he was a valuable piece of uh, power hitting for the Phillies to insert into their lineup. It was exactly the, the kind of guy Bryce Harper had talked about before, the kind of guy you want to be able to reach for in the minor leagues to come up when he needs to and give you a couple home runs. And he did just that. And he proved himself as a capable major league player. So, you know, I, I feel like you got to at least, given your, your, uh, your, your shortness at first base this season, you got to at least put him out there you know you, you can't let any grand ideas about your your superstar mvp play in first base you know you don't you don't want to necessarily lean on that entirely so i'm sure the phillies are looking forward to Derek hall coming back so they can have some of that depth they thought they were going to enter the season with and you know i'm sure he's champing at the bit to play too so i, I want to see what uh getting some of these guys back who are who were slated to come back this season is going to do for this lineup you know i don't think hall's a make or break guy but he's certainly going to be helpful no, I think so too. And even if he's just a guy off the bench, I, I think with with Bryce Harper, I think the I think the ultimate goal is for him to go back to right field when he can yeah. when he can throw. I, I really do. I, I think they, 
They, they want to get Kyle Schwarber out of the outfield, and whether that means moving Castellanos over to left or having Bryce play left or so, I just feel like they want to. They they don't want Schwarber out there. They want him to be. Are the you DH. sure? Because yeah, I feel like Kyle Schwarber could make the way that Nick Castellanos has made the right side basket catch his signature catch. I feel like Kyle Schwarber could make the face planting arms extended <laughs> catch his signature catch. Yes, I yes. believe as it is as- already. <laughs> Yeah, I think man. that's right. That was a nice. That was a nice play he made in left field this week. There, no, this weekend there was no doubt about it. Full extension. I mean, he ran I think five feet to get it, but full extension for for Kyle. Kyle is here to hit grand slams, man. He's he's here to hit fifty home runs in June. That's what he does. That's that's Kyle Schwarber's gig. So that's true. That'd be really nice if Hall came back, took over first base, Harper moved into the outfield, and then Schwarber could just concentrate on mashing balls into the third deck. That might that I can see that's a good formula. I like that. I like that. I like I like Kyle Schwarber being single minded yeah. in his approach. But that's to not until next year, unfortunately, because <laughs> because Harper's not playing outfield this year for sure. But that's um, but yeah, I, I just think I it's do interesting. Want to take a minute. Let's let's appreciate Kyle Schwarber's grand slam, which looked like it was going to hit the third deck. Yeah, it like, did. That thing was enormous, right? When he oh, yeah. hits him. When he hits, I mean, nothing will ever top the the one in San Diego in the playoffs. But I mean, when he hits them, I love it when he hits the ones where he goes to one knee and mm-hmm. and knows he got it all. Those are my favorite. I, I just because you just know he went to the, he went down to get it and just got it, you know. Yeah, and man. it's just a beautiful thing. He gets he gets all of them. It's he looks awesome. genuinely remorseful on his face when he does that to a base. But he like yes. closes Sorry. his eyes and exhales. And he's just like, oh, I've killed another one. That poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. I felt that in my hands. It's like he's hurt a small bird and he's very upset about it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he was a 488 foot home run in the playoffs last year. Like you were saying, he was, he was 12 feet short of a 500 foot home run. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a guy. That's a guy you want concentrating exclusively on hitting home yeah. runs. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this: Which was the bigger hit this weekend? Was it the Schwarber grand slam, which kind of seemed to shake the Phillies out of whatever funk they were in during that five-game losing streak, or was it the Bryce and Stott two-run home run that broke up the scoreless tie and then were the only runs the team scored on Sunday? Liz, what do you think was the bigger hit, uh, hit this weekend? That's a really good question. Thank you. I think I, it, it took me a while to come up with it. <laughs> I'm just, I really am awed at your intellect, John. Um, well, it's just, it's inspiration more than intellect, you know? <laughs> and when it's on display like that, you can't help but stare it's slack, John, at it. I'm exactly. going to say the Stott home run because that won them the series. I think that was the bigger hit. That was, that was the more consequential hit, I mm-hmm. think, maybe. I, I don't know. I think it is the more important hit just because that was a close game and that is the only those are the only runs they score and those luckily were the only ones they needed like that i feel like mm-hmm. today's game was symbolic of a lot of stuff the phillies have not done well lately and today yeah. they did all of it well yeah yeah what do you think justin yeah, I have to agree with Liz. Uh, I know I, I characterize Schwarber's home run as the trumpeting herald of his uh, soon-to-be June hitting, uh, and I still think I think that's accurate. And I think that that was uh, that was that was a big moment for for the offense that uh, that he was able to set the tone for him on that day. Uh, but something about Stott's home run being the offense that won them the game today and that it was Stott, I think was, was also very important, you know, just to talk about shaking the dust off the offense. I mean, daycare has, uh, has, has, uh, dwindled a bit since the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. So any success there has been 
is good to see. And uh, well, it's nap. It's it's nap time. It's yeah. nap time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's nap time. He got his juice box. You know. He got yeah, his, right. He got a snack, and he's he's wide awake, and he's able to hit home runs now. And <laughs> you know, Stott has has shown that he is capable of being a very clutch player. He has. He gives. Mm-hmm. He 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 steps in and gives it bats that are much more reflective of, of a player that's been in the league for you know three times as long as he has. So when he's when he's able to come through like that, it's getting more and more normal. And I love seeing that from a young player that's come through the Philly system and it's uh, been stated by Dave Dombrowski to be somebody they consider to be part of their team for years to come. Uh, but yeah, not to be dramatic about one home run he hit in one game. Uh, but yeah, I think that was an important moment for the Phillies uh, to win this series and an important moment for him uh, to, to make solid contact and put a charge into the ball the way we know he can. So yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that Stotts wound up being the more important one. Nice to see some power from Stott this yeah. week. Uh, he's been doing nothing but hitting singles this year, which is fine to a point, but it's nice to see him hit a couple balls out and get some extra base hits. I, I don't disagree with either of you picking the Bryson Stott home run. I think in terms of wins probability added, uh, Stott's home run was certainly the bigger and more consequential of the two. I'll say this about the Schwarber Grand Slam and, and make the case for that. After that loss on Friday... What that what that Grand Slam essentially did in the first inning was plant a flag and say, we're not losing this game. And you could just kind of feel it after that. And Cody Clemens' two-run home run after that to make it 6 nothing was really kind of nail, the nail in the coffin in that game. But the Schwarber home run was a, was a, tone, was a tone setter. That team needed something like that. They, they needed something. Like, imagine if he struck out in that spot, which he has done many, many times this year, which a lot of those players have done many, many times this year. Bases loaded, one out in that situation. You're going to see a pop-up. You're going to see a double-play ground ball. We, we haven't The last Grand Slam we saw, Bryce Harper, June 5th, 2022. It had been almost a full calendar year since the Phillies' last Grand Slam. And it was only the third home, the second home run this year that was more than a two home, two run home run. So I think in terms of maybe an emotional shift, I think the Schwarber Grand Slam really did a, a number of different things. It kind of helped everybody relax a little bit. Suddenly the pressure's not on every time you come up with a runner in scoring position, and, and the Phillies just added on after that with Aaron Nola pitching a great game. But the fact that they hadn't hit a Grand Slam in almost a year seems impossible to me but as I, as I think about it I couldn't remember you know it had been such a long time is the Bryce Harper June 5th Grand Slam is that the one against the Angels I think that's the one that tied the game against the Angels isn't it, it is because yeah then they got um, Madden fired and it was part of their hot streak after Girardi got fired at the beginning oh, of yeah. June oh wow. yeah oh <laughs> wow yeah so that was the last that was the last Grand Slam the Phillies had hit it was Harper's Grand Slam that got Joe Madden fired yeah I mean I'll still I'll counter that with Stott uh, breaking a nothing nothing tie in a game sure. that was just you know the, the monotonous and the offense could not get out of its own way and he finally just made this emphatic statement and more importantly he came off the bench to do it which is yes. another yes. very adult thing uh, about that home run <laughs> so I think daycare might be aging up a little bit as we move uh, as we move ahead this season so yeah I, I don't think anybody's making a bad argument here and John everything you're saying makes sense my question is we keep talking about Cody Clemens. Do you think it hurt Roger Clemens to see his son pitching 48 miles an hour in a game on Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> when hey, he he's... could throw a fastball twice that speed. 
He had two scoreless outings this week. Don't sleep on Cody Clemens, baby. Well, that's what I'm saying. He, he was an effective pitcher in a 10 to one law that uh, Roger Clemens had to, you know, he spent his whole career being the kind of pitcher to, to throw yeah. shutout and shutout innings. And his son went out there and was like, my fastball's not even 50 miles an hour. And I was able to shut out. I'm a team doing what well. you did, and dad. Like what, what's so hard hit. about this? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And I did that's it without right. throwing part of a broken bat at somebody. True. Without trying to, yeah, use use a bat as a javelin it and it's someone's face. Um, all right. Well, looking ahead for the rest of the week, the Phillies, as you mentioned, Justin, uh, will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks, a, a, a good Diamondbacks team. Uh, they're twenty seven and twenty coming into the series, seven games over five hundred. They uh, would be in the first wild card spot uh, as the, if the season were to end today. They're going to have to face Zach Gallen uh, on Wednesday against Ranger Suarez. So my recommendation to the boys would be games win games one and two. Uh, with Zach Wheeler and the game on Tuesday, it'll be interesting to see who they turn to because Bailey Falter is struggling down in AAA. Uh, the Phillies just claimed a pitcher named Dylan Covey off waivers from the Dodgers. Uh, Covey only has, I think, one appearance. He threw four innings of relief after Dustin May was removed from a game on Wednesday. Uh, and he gave up a few runs in that game. But the, he's 31 years old. He'd been in AAA. He had a 4-2-2 ERA in 32 innings in AAA. Before that, he had pitched the last two years, I think, in China, I think I saw. Oh, listen um, in Taiwan, is, yeah. Yeah, Taiwan. Okay, that's I didn't remember, didn't couldn't think of where it is. I was seeing that information. So, okay, that makes sense. And before that, he was uh, he had a career 6.54 ERA <laughs> over 268 innings with the White Sox, Red Sox, and Dodgers. So uh, it's likely they're going to use him as maybe the, uh, the second part of an opener. He'll be the bulk guy. Uh, we'll see who they start on Tuesday, but this team still needs to figure out their number five starter situation, and I'm getting to the <laughs> point where I'm ready to say, hey, Mick Abel, I know your control's a little bit shaky, but we'll give it a try. You know, they, or they got to hope... Or suit up or hope Griff McGarry can get himself built up so they can get him into the starting road tip. Just something because these bullpen games every fifth day, are, are they're, they're not going to go well for me. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to be a pleasant person uh, watching these bullpen games every fifth day. Um, and then at the end of the week, they finally get their hands on the Atlanta Braves for a four-game series in Atlanta. <laughs> finally, the best were we baseball all waiting player. for this? <laughs> yeah, not really. But it's a chance to make up ground, which, of course, we know the Phillies will <laughs> or, do. Uh. <laughs> Or lose a lot of ground <laughs> against Listen, the greatest player in baseball right now, Ronald Acuna Jr., who is just amazing. God, nuts. I don't mean to be negative, but like I'm not looking forward to it. I'm nervous about it already. What if this uh, Diamondback series goes really well, Liz? If they sweep the Diamondbacks, are you looking forward to them going to Atlanta? Sure. Yeah, yeah. there you in go. In that fantasy world, I absolutely would. One hundred percent. So there you go. Well, that's what this team has done this year, though. That's what, but I do. I think Justin, you hit the nail on the head. I can see two wins and then the loss on Wednesday because the Phillies love nothing exactly. better than to get right to the doorstep of a sweep and then fall face first in the foyer. <laughs> I mean, they just they that's that's what they do. They win those first two games and then they lose that getaway game. And it's usually it's usually something ugly uh, in that in that getaway game. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the Diamondbacks are playing much better baseball this year. Um, and making a, a lot of little bit of noise in the in the National League West, kind of uh, filling the role that we thought the Padres would play in the National League West right now. So, um, and then we get the Mets after that. The Mets after that, Mets are playing a little bit better. Uh, I think they're a game over 500 at 24 and 23 right now. Every team in the National League on a little bit of a winning streak. So even those Nationals are uh, having a decent little season for themselves. Yeah, I heard Patrick Corbin had uh, four straight starts of six innings where he allowed two run earned runs or less. 
So yeah, that's good news for them. If you need any more evidence that baseball is upside down this year, that pretty much mm-hmm. did it for me. <laughs> that's it right there. All right, let's finish up the podcast with some final thoughts. Justin, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, we got a new episode of The Dirty Inning on the Patreon. It's available free for all listeners. It is about a game in 1981 where the Phillies went to Candlestick Park. The wind was, of course, a factor, and Vita Blue was pitching for the Giants near the end of his career. And, uh, yeah, it wound up being a very interesting game and a very fun episode. So go ahead and give that a listen at patreon.com slash season. Also... Shane Victorino played for the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. I, I saw. Yeah. Going to need footage of that uh, ASAP, <laughs> please. I saw that he he, he tweeted a picture of his jersey uh, on um, uh, Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I still don't fully understand the rules of the Savannah Bananas. Me either. Able to be no. what they are, but I enjoy them immensely. And that my favorite Phillies player uh, got to play for them, I think is a perfect match. So, yeah, any footage of that that anybody wants to put up, I'm I'm open to it. So, yeah, go ahead and share that if you can. You have a you have a hungry content consumer in, in Justin Clue, and you could probably charge for it. Hello. And, you know, hello. <laughs> hello? Yeah. All right. OK, uh, Liz Rocher, final thoughts from you. Final thoughts for me. Uh, two quick things. One, the WNBA has started, and it is awesome so far. If you are uh, trying to figure out your feelings about the Sixers, uh, drown them, suffocate them by watching the WNBA. It is a good time. And uh, second of all, uh, hi, Dad. I didn't I didn't get to drop any Easter eggs into this episode for him, so I'm just going to say hi. Hi, new listener. <laughs> hi, Mi- my father. Uh, hello, Mi- hello, Liz's dad. How are you? It's hey, good Bruce. to talk to you. It's, you can yeah, call him nice Mr. Rocher you. if you want. Mr. Rocher. Okay, good. <laughs> just, I don't want to get Justin, too... I, Justin listen. can call him Bruce. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to make it... So, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I have to work my way there. I understand there's a process. I get it. I get it, Mr. First Rocher. First names are earned, John. Maybe <laughs> not in your family, but in ours, it's different. We you only know, use middle names in our family. So my high school friends, my sister's high school friends, called my parents Mister and Mrs. Rocher forever, mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah, yeah. No, there are certain there are certain adults that even even now I will only refer to as Mister and Mrs. I there's think that's, a, uh, there's yeah. There's a friend, a longtime friend of my dad's uh, named Paul, and when we were young, like I've known him since I was very little. Uh, we would always, we were told to call him Mr. Paul. And now as an almost 40-year-old woman, it is hard for me to not call him Mr. Paul when I see him now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, very strange. I, it's it's strange when you realize that you're, you know, you're how, as an older person, like I, I've, a couple years ago, actually it was like, this was a long time ago. Um, I, I ran, into my, ran into my Uncle Mike uh, out someplace and uh, I kept, calling him uncle mike well and, and, and listen i'm in my late 20s you know he's in his you know 50s and in the you know, story ca- yeah and well at the time gotcha. when we were yeah 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 just trying yeah, to be clear the, yeah go ahead at the time yeah i was in my late 20s season and i kept calling him uncle mike just because i've called him uncle mike my whole life it's like you could just call me mike you know just call me uncle mike while we're out it's like i don't think i could do that it's just <laughs> it was just it's just strange you know i couldn't i couldn't do i couldn't get my brain to Feels to like work that way yeah yeah don't it like does yeah. trap because then it's good because then it's going to get back to my parents. You know, did you hear your sons just all of a sudden now we're on first name basis here? You're just <laughs> dropping the uncles. How dare you so. embarrass me? How dare you embarrass I don't think so, me? son. That's right. Speak- no, I'm sure it wasn't gone that way. Speaking but. of embarrassing to Liz's original point, I do also have to say it still remains absolutely stupid that Philadelphia does not have a WNBA team. 
talk oh, about yeah. a, a, a city that's, yeah, that's thirsty weird. for one and would rally around one. I have I don't get it. I don't know how these decisions are made, but you're messing out, WNBA. Ex- expansion <laughs> yeah, I mean, is coming in the next few years, and Philly, I know, is on the list. It's on. It may be on even the short list at this point. I think they're aware that they're just overlooking a huge fan base, including like the people on this podcast. Like the Sixers yeah, are miserable. Like- I would like to try. I would try a whole new blank slate with a new team. It would be really funny if they were like they had the list on a dry erase board and they were just like they kept over like Philadelphia. Uh, we want to be another league that has Philadelphia in it because then like <laughs> Philadelphia will be in it. And then we got to like address that. And we're just like all outside the window with our faces paced up against the glass like, Girl, like pick Philadelphia. Yeah, there's got to be a reason. There, there's got to be a reason it hasn't happened yet. And I, your explanation there sounds about as right as any explanation I could think of. Just yeah, got to come. Sure. Yeah, I well, I imagine it will, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, everybody. Well, listen, let's gear up for this week of baseball where the, the, the schedule is going to get a little bit tougher, and we'll see what the folks can do. And um, we'll keep you updated on it here on Hit and Season. I'll be back midweek with a podcast, and Justin and Liz will we'll get you at the end of the week to kind of catch you up on what happened in the Diamondback series and look ahead to the Brave series uh, that weekend. And don't forget, folks, like Justin mentioned, head on over to our Hit and Season Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash hit and season for the dirty inning and continued success and all the other shows we have going on over there for you. And all of our hit and season stuff you can find over at our good friends billypen.com we've got our own landing page there so you can find it on the main page but go to billypen.com slash hit and season for all things hit and season in one place thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time you're on hit and season